0: Scientology part two welcome to the youth apologetics training podcast friends, what's up? This is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training uh, today. Yeah, like I said, we're going to be talking about Scientology. And uh, so just in a little bit of review, because there's some strange concepts that are very new to some people. Um, th- this concept of the analytical mind, the reactive mind... And the somatic mind, again, the analytical mind, it's, it's kind of like a perfect computer. It never makes mistakes. It's kind of like the eye of the person. Uh, it's that rational part of your mind. But then you've got this reactive mind that works on a stimulus response basis. Um, this reactive mind, it, it, it absorbs pain and trauma and holds onto these experiences like mental pictures that then pop up later in your life. The somatic mind controls your physical body, okay, on more of a physical level. And you would like your physical, or I'm sorry, your somatic mind to uh, work in conjunction with the analytical mind, but at times the reactive mind jumps in and messes everything up, uh, and, and next thing you know, you're, you're making irrational responses to situations based on these mental snapshots taken during uh, uh, traumatic, painful, or whatever, just other times in your life. And so people go in for these uh, clear sessions, they go to the, the Church of Scientology, they pay a- enormous amounts of money to go in and have these audits. Where these auditors, they have you hold on to these strange, almost like little, you know, those little V8 cans that you can get at the store. Not the big pop can size, but the little V8 cans, just like that, just like that, with wires going to this meter, the E meter. And they'll ask you questions if they get some kind of, uh, reading, you know, maybe there's a change in resistance in your body, electrical signal, whatever. <clears throat> they see a, a, a difference, a little, Reading, then they think that they've found something. And so they'll keep digging and they'll try to dig out these, these, uh, engrams. Again, the engrams are these, uh, memories, these snapshots. Now, they don't necessarily have to be your engrams. They could be from a previous life. Because in Scientology, uh, again, L. Ron Hubbard borrowed many of his beliefs from Hinduism. So there's this concept of reincarnation. And so you could have previous life engrams that are getting in your way as well. All right. And so during these uh, uh, clear sessions, they just they find these various subjects that they get a a, a reading on their e meter, and then they just keep grilling you and grilling you on that particular subject until you've relived it so many times that you no longer get a reading. Uh, to to the no- typical person, it's incredibly strange, um, and like I said, uh, as you're trying to travel up the bridge, that's what they ref- that's how they refer to this path of becoming clear. Uh, you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars, and in the process, you're going to learn all of these concealed uh, quote unquote truths. Uh, this you know, the the whole space opera. Uh, and it, oh, I'd love to get into this whole concept of the space opera. There's so many of these science science fiction stories that surround Scientology. And it is, friends. You know, I, I don't mean to be mean. And if you're a Scientologist and you're listening to this, you know, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be mean. Um, but it is science fiction. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard was known for writing science fiction Many of these space opera stories were stories that were either borrowed from his own books, uh, you know, names and places changed, but concepts the same, or are uh, elements, various struggles and, and things from L. Ron Hubbard's own life. Now, L. Ron Hubbard uh, himself was a pathological liar, And I'm not going to take the time to really get into that too much today other than to say many, many, many people who knew him personally uh, all attest to that same fact that he was known for ridiculous lies. I mean, being a hero, from being a hero in the Navy to, uh, you know, dying and losing his sight and all of these things he was he was pronounced blind and then somehow he got his sight back through the practices of scientology it's all nonsense um and really it's it's doing a disservice to those who are part of this movement so anyway uh thetan sounds like satan What is a Thetan? A Thetan is basically, and I think I went over this a little bit in part one, but I just want to recap a couple things here. This Thetan, I guess as far as Christianity is concerned, the closest thing to a Thetan would be what Christians would call a soul, okay? It's the true identity of a person. This Thetan is intrinsically good. Get this, it's omniscient. Okay, so every person's got a Thetan that is omniscient inside of them. Uh, this Thetan is basically a divinity. It's divine, but has forgotten its, its divinity. See, these Thetans were actually the ones that brought the material universe into being, uh, mainly just for their own pleasure, okay? The universe had no uh, real independent reality. It got its form, its its reality from the thetans, this collective of thetans, almost like what you get in Hinduism, where you have each person has a spark of divine in them, and they seek to uh, through yoga and through uh, meditation and through mantras and through uh, offering sacrifices to various uh, Hindu gods and many other things. They're trying to get back to that knowledge of divinity, okay? <laughs> you see that in, in the New Age too. The divine in me blesses the divine in you. Namaste, you know what I mean? And you're trying to get back to that divinity that you once had. I mean, can you imagine that? A God, a God that somehow forgot that it's a God. That is no God. I'm sorry, that's not a God. Um, but these, these Thetans, they're trying to get back to that state of being God. And that's where going clear comes in where you're trying to ascend the bridge. You're, you're trying to clear all of these engrams off you so that you can become an operating Thetan. where you can, at this point, you can transcend Mest. Remember Mest material, or I'm sorry, matter, energy, space, and time, Mest. You're gonna transcend that and you're gonna gain special powers when you have gone clear. Supposedly, many, many, many people have gone clear. As of yet, I have, uh, and the world in general has not seen anybody come out of Scientology with uh, special X Men powers to transcend uh, messed matter, energy, space, and time. Again, I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. It's, it's just, uh, Scientology is, is so strange to me. There's so many strange concepts. Yeah, I mean, really, if you're somebody who's part of Scientology, Uh, I challenge you to think about that for a little while. Of all the people that have spent tens of thousands of dollars, why aren't there many people out there that say, yep, I am an operating Thetan, I have been completely cleared, and I've got powers. I can levitate. I can move things with my mind. I can travel through space at the speed of light. I can astral travel at will. I mean, I can do all of these cool things. I've got X-Men powers. I can read your mind. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But that doesn't happen. You know, we, we we should see a little Avengers team coming out of Scientology, but it's not happening because it's not real, because it's science fiction and so these these satans then they they forgot that they're divine so uh whatever the case they agreed that the universe exists right they basically they created the universe for their own pleasure they they agree that it exists and then somewhere along the way these satans got so into their creation uh you know, because, hey, the cre- creation is awesome, but God created it, not Thetans. Uh, but they got so into their creation that somewhere along the line over, who knows, a-, a long period of time, they just forgot the fact that they're divine and started putting more and more stock into the fact that they are part of this creation. And so now Scientology comes, al- as- comes along as a savior to help everybody uh, re- Establish that link with their divinity and become clear operating things So, uh, moving on, what do Scientologists believe about the cross? This is really interesting. Uh, Scientology says that that horizontal bar of the cross, see, Scientology has their own version of the cross. You guys probably have seen it. It's okay. just imagine the cross of Christianity. And then there's like an X that is superimposed over the top of the cross right there at the focal point of where the the vertical and horizontal beams of the cross meet. There's like this X, but it's more than an X. It's, It's like a star that's in the shape of an X. Okay. So, um, Anyway, so they have their own version of the cross. The horizontal bar represents the material universe, and the vertical bar represents the spirit. And so the spirit is seen to be rising triumphantly, ultimately transcending the turmoil of the physical universe to achieve salvation. And I guess while I'm talking about the, the Scientology cross, Scientology also has a logo that you might have seen. Again, it looks so uh, science fiction when you see this thing. Uh, it is like um, the letter S, which, of course, I'm sure it, it stands for Scientology. And then there are these two triangles that are eh, kind of a little bit diagonal leaning to the left that are superimposed on top of the S. Uh, the top triangle is referred to as uh, the KRC triangle. Uh, KRC, each of those letters uh, representing what? K for knowledge, R for responsibility, C for control. And then there is this lower triangle called the ARC triangle, which stands for Affinity, Reality, and Communication and guys, sorry, it, a little off the subject. If my voice sounds a little crusty and scratchy, uh, it, it is. I'm having a hard time. There is a uh, a, a wildfire here in Colorado that is just, uh, what, maybe 20 miles up the road from where I'm at. And it's messing with me. There's a lot of smoke in the air. There's been a lot of smoke the last couple days. My sinuses have been destroyed from this fire. Uh, Me and my allergies, right? But anyway, yeah, if you're wondering why my voice is so nasty, that's why. You know, another interesting thing about Scientology that's worth mentioning is their abusive tactics. Um, it's no secret, you know, there was an episode on Scientology, I believe, uh, South Park. There's been lots of exposés on Scientology. Uh, they're known for their abusive tactics, Okay. Again, uh, uh, I mentioned this in, in the first part of this series, uh, but there's a book out there and there's actually a bunch of books now that are by various ex Scientology members. Uh, the one that I listened to, I got it on audible is called going clear. Again, the language in the book is definitely rated R. There is some, uh, um, various situations in the book that are rated R. So it's clearly not for everybody. Um, but its it really is loaded with uh, really interesting content on Scientology. Uh, if you check that book out, I, I got to tell you, though, I mean, just so you know, there is some foul language. And if I remember right, there was even some uh, uh, sexual content as well. It, it wasn't really bad. But I'm just saying it's there. um I wish they would have left it out. It's not a Christian book at all whatsoever um it, it's <laughs> clearly <laughs> it's but it is a book by a very disgruntled person that left Scientology and is spilling the beans and man alive do they ever uh it's very thorough, but whatever the case, Scientology is known for its brainwashing tactics. Uh, when uh, uh, you have somebody that is starting, uh, for example, there's been many instances of people out on one of their Sea Org ships. I believe I talked about the Sea Org in part one. Now, I can't remember. The Sea Org is uh, basically Scientology has purchased multiple uh, ships. And they found that if they uh, practice their religion offshore, they're also tax exempt and well they've they've done all kinds of conniving maneuvers with these ships uh in fact, including trying to take over an entire country um <laughs> i would I would love to get some uh um experts on in fact, there's one particular guy who is uh come out of Scientology and then got saved and I've been scoping this guy out. I think I'm going to contact him. I'm not going to mention his name just yet because I just want to know if, if he's gonna be all right to bring on the show, but um I wanna bring somebody on who can talk about some of these scandals, somebody who's been there and seen it, um, really get in depth, and I'd also like them to elaborate a little bit more on some of these space opera stories, because that would be kind of interesting too. Um but uh there's so much to talk to you know, talk about when you're talking to somebody who has left this movement. It's such a strange movement. Uh, But, yeah, people out on these ships uh, who have been labeled a suppressive person, you know, somebody who is starting to question the beliefs of Scientology and the types of punishments that they'll put these guys under. Or, you know, if you're just caught doing something that is against the rules of the Sea Org, and next thing you know, you're in solitary confinement, they'll lock you up, they'll put you in a dark room by yourself for... Uh, Weeks on end, they'll try to starve you. I mean, really strange and abusive things that they will do to people. Scientology is also known for their litigation, and I mentioned that in part one. But they have sued so many different organizations, uh, especially early on before the Internet, when various organizations were trying to expose what's going on in Scientology and, and ended up getting sued. Uh, for example, the Cult Awareness Network, they got slapped with uh, over 50 lawsuits. And eventually, one of them stuck, and they ended up with $2 million in losses. Ouch! Okay, so, uh, yeah. And of course, like I mentioned, m- many scandals that the Church of Scientology has been involved in. Uh, just for example, here's a list that I happened upon. Uh, all of these scandals are actually um, talked about in detail in that book, Going Clear, but I'm sure there's some other books out there that probably talk about the subject that are a little cleaner. I, I, I wish I could remen- recommend a book that's uh, clean because this, it's not. it is not a good, clean Christian book at all. Uh, But just for example, uh, Scientology's disconnection policy in which members are encouraged to cut off all contact with friends or family members who are antagonistic to Scientology. That sounds like uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses with their disfellowshipping. Uh, Many of you have heard of Lisa McPherson, uh, the death of Scientologist Lisa McPherson while while in the care of the church. Robert Minton sponsored the multi-million- dollar lawsuit against Scientology for the death of McPherson. In May 2004, McPherson's estate and the Church of Scientology reached a confidential settlement. But yeah, they uh, starved her to death. They locked her up, wouldn't give her food, she died. OK? That's, that's Scientology. Uh, criminal activities committed on the behalf of the church or directed by church officials, Operation Snow White. And also also Operation Freakout. Uh, I would love to ask this potential guest that I'm looking at about Operation Snow White. What an amazing and gutsy maneuver by the Church of Scientology going up against the government, the IRS. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Scientology's harassment and litigious actions against its critics, encouraged by its fair game policy, uh, attempts to legally force search engines such as Google and Yahoo <laughs> to omit any web pages critical of Scientology. Now, doesn't that just sound like Islam? Really, to omit any web pages critical of Scientology from their search engines, and in Google's case, AdSense, or at least the first few pages of searches. Uh, There's allegations by a former high-ranking Scientologist, that Scientology leader David Miscavige beats and demoralizes his staff, and that physical violence by superiors towards staff working for them is a common occurrence in the church. I've heard that over and over. Scientology spokesman Tommy Davis denied these claims and provided witnesses to rebut them. In October 2009, a French court found the Church of Scientology guilty of organized fraud. Four officers of the organization were fined and given suspended prison sentences of up to two years. Prosecutors had hoped to achieve a ban of Scientology in France, but due to a temporary change in French law, which made it impossible to dissolve a legal entity on the grounds of fraud, no ban was pronounced. The sentence was confirmed by appeal court in February of 2012, and in 2009, Australian Senator Nick Xenophon used a speech in federal parliament to allege that the Church of Scientology is a criminal organization based on letters from former followers of the religion. He said that there, there were allegations of enforced imprisonment, coerced abortions, and embezzlement of church funds of physical violence and intimidation, blackmail, and the widespread and deliberate abuse of information obtained by the organization. Yeah. So, yeah, this group is known for these types of things. They've got a history. Uh, they have more of these types of stories out there uh, than than really you know what to do with. Uh, so... Another interesting thing about Scientology uh, as touching Christianity, they deny the existence of hell, categorically denying the existence of God of the Bible, heaven and hell. L. Ron Hubbard was very much opposed to Christianity. If anything, he gravitated towards the occult. Uh, like I mentioned in the first podcast, good friends with Jack Parsons ended up stealing Jack Parsons, uh, girlfriend, uh, also a contemporary of Alistair Crowley and had some interesting connections with Alistair Crowley as well. Uh, as far as Jesus goes, uh, Jesus was simply a good teacher. Now, as I've mentioned before, and I'll mention it again, uh, C.S. Lewis had a great way of dealing with this. I don't agree with everything C.S. Lewis said. In fact, I have a lot of issues with uh, the doctrine of C.S. Lewis. But one thing that he is famous for that I love is his lunatic, liar, and lord argument. Uh, Jesus claimed to be God, okay? He could not be a good teacher. Somebody who claims to be God is either a lunatic... Uh, you know, a complete nutcase, or he is flat out lying, or he really is God, all right? I I don't think there's a third option here. He's either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord, all right? But to Scientology, he's a good teacher, okay? Uh, And and unfortunately, he was wrongfully put to death um, and, and So Jesus enjoys kind of this status of a lesser God who has somehow obtained legendary status over the years as people continue to circulate these stories about him and make him more and more bigger and better uh, than he really was. And like I said, there's this element of of implants that I talked about yesterday, you know, uh, where all of these these, uh, things were gathered up and implanted with fake memories, okay? Their memories were wiped clean and they're implanted with fake memories. Um, a lot of these memories that were implanted, it was almost like, you know, the, the if any of you have seen that stupid movie, Clockwork Orange, if you haven't seen it, please don't see it. It's ridiculous. Uh, but back in my heathen days, I saw it. And there's the, the scene where they've got this guy's eyes propped open and they're brainwashing him. And they're flashing all these scenes of violence and stuff in front of him and filling his mind with with these new concepts. And they just they wash his brain <laughs> and make him a different person, basically. Well, same thing with these Statins. They're kind of herded into these almost like movie theaters, and they get brainwashed, and all of their memories are erased and replaced with new ones. And the concept of Christianity was part of the brainwashing. So now Jesus... Is is somewhat of a byproduct of a brain rot washing operation done by uh, Xenu, Okay, uh, God. Scientology believes that there are multiple gods, and that some gods are above other gods. It's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard was strange like that. He he mentions in several of his writings that there are other gods. Um, he really, as far as I know, doesn't really get in depth on who these gods are at all. It's just one of those things he kind of mentions in passing, but he really never spends a lot of time on finding out who uh, uh, who's in charge, if anybody. But yeah, uh, L. Ron Hubbard was polytheistic in his beliefs. As far as sin goes, uh, Scientology believes that mankind is inherently good. Okay, so, so much for total depravity. Uh, no, uh, mankind is born good, and they're pretty much good their whole life. They just make bad decisions from time to time. Uh, they also, Elron uh, Hubbard, absolutely despised uh, Christians, and and well, just simply the scriptures telling him that he is a sinner that needs to repent. Uh, You will get that from some Scientologists. You're going to run into a little bit of problems there when you're trying to communicate with these people. But the truth is the truth. We all have sinned. We have offended uh, the Creator, the Holy God, who has created all of this, uh, and we should repent. And we have no means of salvation other than through Christ who who died on our behalf to pay the debt that we owe? More on that a little bit later. But uh, in wrapping this up, you know, we're not—I I didn't intend to get too in depth on Scientology until I bring somebody who's been on the inside. There's so much out there on Scientology, and some of it you kind of detect a hint of. Um, <laughs> Uh, a little bit too much fiction. Like, really? Is that true? Do they really believe that? And so I want to bring in people who have actually been on the inside, have ascended the ranks, and really know this inside and out. Uh, But just for a minute, let's talk about why we should reject Scientology. Uh, Sure, it's, it's changed lives, okay? I mean, they've done a lot of I guess good things, helping narcanon, you know, helping drug addicts get clean. That's huge. I mean, it's it's really hard to get off of certain drugs. Um, so they've made some positive impacts on the planet. Okay, but so have many other false religions. So why should we? Uh, why should anybody put this one precious life that we have? into blowing tens of thousands of dollars and tons of time to seek out these quote-unquote truths of Scientology. Well, here's why I would say uh, that would be a waste of time. Scientology is false. Uh, Number one, okay, uh, it contradicts the scriptures, okay? Now, if if you're a Scientologist and you're hearing me read this off, if you're hearing me talk about this, just hold on. I'll get into some other things that uh, that you can uh, relate to, but for for all those out there that know and understand and have read the scriptures, it contradicts everything about the Bible. And the Bible has established a foundation of reliability. Uh, it's withstood two thousand years of scrutiny. Okay. Uh, it but Scientology completely obviously contradicts the concept of God. Okay. Uh, it contradicts creation, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not in the beginning, a bazillion uh, thetans got together and decided to create a material universe. It contradicts the idea of sin. It contradicts, uh, well, flat out Scientology denies the existence of heaven and hell. It uh, denies the uh, soteriology or the doctrine of salvation that you find in the Bible. I, it, it, it Basically, Scientology in every way, shape, and form uh, uh, contradicts the scriptures. I can't think of a single thing that Scientology teaches that aligns with scripture at the moment. I'm sure there's something, but I can't think of anything at the moment. But let's look at uh, Christianity for a second. Christianity is rooted in real history, all right? Uh, you can look at the finds of archaeology and find corroboration all over the place. I mean, it, it, it seems that every time the spade hits the dirt in the Middle East, a skeptic is converted. I mean, we just keep finding over and over and over, finding more and more evidence that the Bible and the stories found therein are at least rooted in real history, okay? And, and Scientology does not enjoy that same uh, luxury. They have uh, all of these amazing science fiction stories, but not a single one of them can be supported by a single find in archaeology. I mean, good grief. Where is the mountain that Xenu is imprisoned in? Where are the volcanoes that got blown up by atom bombs? Where are the sticky flypaper electronic traps that catch Thetans? Where is any of this? Where are all these galactic empires? I mean, it, there's just, there's just nothing, absolutely nothing from archaeology. Uh, there's not a single ancient society that writes about anything remotely, even close to Scientology. I suppose the closest you're going to get to uh, Scientology is gonna come from your ancient astronaut group. Uh, I've done a series on the ancient ancient astronaut theory, uh, and I actually intend on doing more on that subject in, in the future. In fact, I'm hoping I can con uh, Chris White into coming on the show and talking about why he rejects the ancient astronaut theory. He's got some interesting stuff to say, and uh, he's one guy I haven't had on yet that I've been wanting to get on. So uh, I guess that's one for my list, right? Um, but yeah, that's about as close as you're going to get. This group that believes that ancient aliens seeded uh, planet Earth, okay? Um, the evidence for that is pretty sparse. It's, it's really scattered. Uh, it, when you look at these arguments for the ancient astronaut theory, they're so riddled with problems, assumptions, uh, and the like, that it's, it's kind of embarrassing, actually. Um, so anyway, yeah, archaeology. Scientology has no corroboration from archaeology. What about predictive power? They have none. Our God knows the end from the beginning, okay? He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Somehow, he created space and time, which boggles the mind, that God is actually outside of time, and that he can see uh, the future and the past all at once, Okay? And we see evidence of that when we find hundreds and hundreds of prophecies in the Bible. Nearly all of them, except for the ones concerning the end times, have come to pass um, in, in, in just flat out 100% amazing accuracy. The ones about end times are starting to get a little bit uh, scary as we're seeing a lot of those starting to fall into place things uh, about the end times that for generation after generation after generation the skeptic would look at and say oh come on there's how can you possibly have something not like that take place and now all of a sudden with all this modern technology you're saying oh that's how that's how and we're seeing all these um world players uh, lining up. I mean, the stage really is being set right now in front of our eyes for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled, borrowing that phrase from uh, Dr. Jimmy DeYoung. Uh, but anyway, the Bible is filled with prophecies. God knows the end from the beginning. What about Elron Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology? Does he know the end from, from the beginning? No. Not at all does he have any predictive power at all whatsoever did he ever utter any prophecies that came to pass? well to my knowledge I don't think Elron Hubbard really prophesied I don't think there's any anywhere in his writings where he made any predictive predictions where he claimed to be under some kind of supernatural power okay uh, but no no y- you don't see that at all uh, and so that's just it's a lack of real uh, um predictive power, you know, and when you look at the Bible and you just see how amazing the prophecies fit together, it, it really shows you that there is a supernatural hand in the Bible, a hand that transcends time, which lends to its credibility, don't you think? Um, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast and also the the, the first one in this series L. Ron Hubbard was a pathological liar. He was a cruel man, and he was a liar. Uh, He was uh, used to writing fiction, and when he started his religion, uh, shortly after making the statement that uh, that's how you can make a million bucks is start your own religion. You know, that's where the real money's at. Suddenly, he starts his own religion. Um, And yes, he was known for... Just pathologically constantly lying about things. Uh, the founders of this faith were constantly involved with scandals. Why would you want to trust a group like that? Really, seriously. Um, now, now, just for a second, contrast that with the founders of the Christian faith. Uh, you know, after Jesus ascended to the throne of God and now stands at the right hand of the Father. Look at. The, the actions of the founders after that, one by one, uh, nearly every one of them was martyred in horrible, cruel, painful ways, defending the faith that what? They they thought they believed? They thought this went down? They thought Christ rose from the dead? These are guys that claimed they saw him rise from the dead. Uh, They saw him die, and then they saw him alive again in a glorified body, and then they saw him ascend into heaven. These are those types of people, okay? Now, if they're lying, if they're making this story up, right, why would they die for what they knew to be a lie? Why would you do that? I mean, that would be nuts, don't you think? I mean, really, you know, is there is there tying meat to your body and having you march out into a coliseum to get torn apart by lions? Don't you think that would be a good time to throw up your hands and say, wait, 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 hold it, hold it. I was just kidding. Guys, it's cool. I would be totally cool if you just beating me up pretty bad right now and sending me home. I'm sorry. It was all a big lie. I was just trying to, whatever. I was just trying to uh, spread a good, happy lie that's going to make the world better in the future. You know? Or, uh, actually, we were really trying to uh, gain power through this religion, (laughs) you know, because somehow we're going to take over the Jews and the Romans uh, through this belief system. You know, I just, but uh, guys, I'm sorry. I was lying. It's all good. Can I go home now? Uh, A lot of these people had that opportunity. Yeah, they probably would have got a couple good lumps on the skull, but uh, they would have been able to go home. Uh, No, these guys, they were impaled, they were sawn in half. Some of them were uh, uh, doused in, in uh, wax and then skewered on a stick and lit on fire. And as they're flailing around and on flames, uh, Nero's riding his chariot through his garden. Um, nuts. I mean, I mean, they went through horrible things. Some of them were stoned. Some of them, uh, John was boiled in oil. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Thrown off the top of temples. Some of them are crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. It just goes on. Sorry about that. That's my cat. He's uh, letting us know that he's here. Uh, it just goes on and... <laughs> okay, you gotta go. It just It just goes on and on and on. The things that these Christians went through. Defending what they saw with their own eyes, okay? And that was the foundation of the church. These are the guys that built the foundation of the church. Again, this is based on real history that can be verified. We can look at historical writings from people that are not even Christians talking about the persecution of these believers, okay? This is all verifiable stuff. This is not some science fiction story of people being stacked around volcanoes uh, millions and billions of years ago and getting blown up with atom bombs uh, after they were flown here on DC-8 planes. (laughs) So, um, just a couple things. Reincarnation, the Bible, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. See, the Bible, again, that is rooted in real history and uh, uh, is authoritative. It's written by a divine hand that knows the end from the beginning. It's 66 books written by over 40 different authors over thousands of different years, uh, spanning many different geographical regions, and yet it doesn't contradict itself anywhere. It fits together seamlessly. This book says it was appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment... Reincarnation does not happen. We only get one go at this, guys. One go at this. Let me tell you something. The Bible, this book that speaks with authority that came straight from the mouth of God through the lips and hands of men, okay, God, His Holy Spirit guiding these men to write these pages, the Bible itself explains that we are all sinners. There is no one good, no, not one. One. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages, friends, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What does that mean? That means that every single one of you is a sinner. Okay? I know that's offensive to Scientology member- members, You are a sinner. You have offended a holy God. And this book that was written by a divine hand, God himself says so himself. You have offended a holy God and the wages of those sins will be death, which is eternal separation from that God. That is hell. You know what hell is. You've heard the descriptions. It's not a good place. And by the way, it's eternal. It lasts forever. Okay? But wait. You might think, wow, that's a really cruel God. No, no, he is a holy God, and his punishment is appropriate. But here, God himself comes down in the flesh. He lives a life of about 33 years, okay, in the flesh. He he lives a sinless life. He does not sin one single time, and then what does he do? He takes the punishment that you and me, I'm pointing at the microphone, you and I deserve. Okay? It's as if, you know, you're standing before a judge and you've done some heinous crime and he declares you guilty and he says, you know, uh, you're going to spend life in prison. Okay? You know, this is it. Here's your, here's your penalty. And it's some horrible thing that's, you know, is really going to ruin you. And then he steps down from his stand, takes the robe off and says, I will take your punishment. I will pay for you. I will do this. And you stand there with your jaw hanging open as the judge is cuffed and taken away. Our Savior willingly went up on that cross to take the penalty that we all deserve. He died on our behalf. Uh, it's, 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 um, sometimes it's hard to wrap your brain around this concept. Uh, the whole Old Testament is filled with sacrifices. These animals, uh, their blood being spilled on behalf of the people. And the Old Testament even says, God even says, that these the sacrifices can't take away sin. But they're pointing forward towards a perfect sacrifice that will. And so everybody looked forward and believed in that coming Messiah. And here we have him. He finally arrives and he does this for us. He dies on our behalf. And this gift of God is free. Okay? If we repent of our sins and we trust in Christ alone, we shall be forgiven. You, my friend, can know you're going to heaven. You can know that today. If you simply trust in Christ, follow after him, you know, and, and believe on what he did on that cross for you. Yes. Once that happens, I I would encourage you, if you've never done that, please do that today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not trying to use that as a scare tactic, but let's, I mean, let's be real. Uh, People die every day of very strange things. Um, You don't know when your time is going to be here. And I would encourage you today, to think about that, to trust in Christ. Repent of your sins. That means uh, basically, you know, turn from them. Tell God you're sorry and turn away from these sins. Go the other direction and follow after Christ. Uh, Then starts the process that we believers refer to as sanctification, where you start reading your Bible. You know, go get yourself a good Bible, preferably a King James or a New King James. That one's okay. And, and, And read it. Uh, Start in the New Testament and read through it and find out who this God is and what He wants from you and and establish your relationship with Him. He loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. He wants the best for you. But you need to trust in Him. You you need to accept that gift that He gave to you. He offered to you 2,000 years ago. You just need to take it and accept it and believe in it. And so... Uh, that's that. And that's Scientology. Uh, friends, I'm going to stop right here. Thanks for listening. This has been Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week.